we lift you up on tonight. Because God, you are our El El Yon. You are our most high God. God, you Elohim, you are the creator. God, you are Jehovah Jireh. You are our provider. God, you Jehovah Rapha. You are a healer, God. And we just thank you, God, for who you are in our lives. We thank you for what you have already done, God. We thank you for what you're doing, God. And in spite of what's going on around us, God, you say in all things, give you thanks. Because this is your will concerning us. So, God, we can't do nothing but thank you. When we thank you, God, it's because we trust you, God. It's because we lean and depend on you, God. So we just honor you on tonight, God. And thank you, God, that as this teaching go forth, God, someone, somewhere, God, is saying, what must I do to be saved, God? And we speak, God, now is the time of salvation. And God, I thank you that I have been crucified with Christ. We have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer us who live, but it's Christ who lives in us. So we give you glory. We give you honor. We give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. I don't know if everybody is where I am, but from what I see, from what's going on around us each and every day, we can't do nothing but trust God. There's no other way but to trust God because it's one thing after another. And God reminded me of a scripture today. He said that to cast all your cares upon me. Because I care for you. That means he's telling us just roll them on over to me. Because you know that I care for you. And when we really roll those cares over. This is what we're doing y'all. We're recognizing. God I can't do nothing with this. God there's nothing I can do about it. But I know you can. So by me giving you those cares. Giving you the things I'm concerned about. I know I'm putting them in your hands and I know that you're going to let me know what need to be done. Now just because we roll them there, we rolling them there because we trust him. Because of who he is. And when we trust him, we wait on him to hear to say, "Okay God, I gave it to you. So what what do you want me to do? How do you want me to do it?" That means that I'm taking me out of it and I'm allowing him to get into it and tell me how he want me to handle that situation. Because sometimes the weight of the world, it will weigh you down. And the things that we give to God is like a, a big boulder. Some of us have bit, built up big boulders in our lives and we don't even recognize that until we crash and burn. You get to the point of crashing and burning and you realize how big that load is. And sometimes the load is so big and I'm being led by the spirit for some reason in here. The load can be so big, it feels so heavy to remove it because you have carried it so long that it's just setting weight on top of you. So when you're telling the Lord that you're really giving it to him, it's heavy and you're trying, you're saying, Lord, I don't want it, but seem like I just can't move it. But when we began to praise him, when we began to worship him and we began to look to him, you can feel that pressure or whatever's going on in your life is just rolling right away. And you walking in peace, no matter what you're seeing, you feel the peace of God. And you're like, Lord, I'm in the situation, but I have your peace. So I know if I have your peace, everything is okay. So when you feel in the peace of God, even when it looked like the weight of the world 
is just on your shoulders, it's because God said, I got you. I got that situation. Go on in Jesus' name. Remember, go on in Jesus' name. Not nobody else's name, but his name. And he want us to rest in him to the point of we're saying, God, it's nobody but you. Nobody can do this but you. And I recognize it's already done, so I have to rest and I have to rely on you because you didn't bring me this far to leave me. And God will put you into remembrance, even bringing songs to you. Your grace and mercy has brought me through. He reminds you of what he's already done. And when he began to remind you of what he's already done, he's letting you know, I'm at work. I'm at work. So we, we have to really take the time and we have to quiet ourselves and say, God, it's you. It's nobody but you. Nobody can do anything but you because it would be you to touch a heart of a male or a female. It would be you that would have to do this. But in order for you to move your power, it has to come through me. That's why we have to be in the word and know what the word of God is saying. So on that note, be encouraged because it's a lot, y'all, going on with a lot of people. It's a lot that people are you know, they're caring and they don't know what to do with it. They're, they're trying to trust God, but when they're trusting God in one area, something else comes slap them in the face. Have you ever been in a place you in this area and you say, okay, I can deal with this before you get through dealing with that. Something else is coming. See what the enemy does. He keep packing it on. That's how you get that big boulder. <laughs> That's how you get that big thing in your life. And it's so heavy because he don't wait until this is finished. If he can find an opening, He's going to use it. So that's why we have to guard our hearts with all diligence because out of it is the issues of life. So we have to always remember what God has done. He said, don't forget my benefits. We cannot forget none of his benefits. We have to know what belongs to us before things come up in our lives. We have to speak what we already have. We have to begin to pull out the sword of the spirit and we have to always be ready for battle. So we're going to continue the teaching on separation, and separation is one way we're getting ready for battle. Because if you are amongst people that are not in the same place that you're in, it takes you out of position for what God wants to do in your life. It takes you away from hearing God because you're hanging around the wrong crowd and you're doing things that you shouldn't be doing. And at the time, it, it makes you feel good because you feel like, you know, people are liking me. They're accepting me. I feel good. And that's what the enemy wants. He wants you to feel good at that time. But what it does, it takes you out of the place that you're in with God to get you ready for what's yet to come. Because God, he does not let anything sneak up on you. God will tell you things for you to say, oh, no, not, not today, not up here in my house. He'll let you know what's trying to come. But when you defeat it head on with the word of God, the thing that the enemy meant for your harm, God, he will. He turn it around and he'll make it for your good because we are warriors. And being a warrior, it comes through the word of God. The only thing that can um, save us, which Jesus have already saved us, but I mean from the things that the enemy is doing is the word. And it's separating ourselves from those things that are keeping us from the word of God. We have went over so far in Exodus 19 when God was letting them know who they were. 
He was letting them know basically that they were chosen. He was letting them know that they um, were not chosen because they were a big nation. They were the fewest, the least nation, but he, he chose them and he chose them to represent him. He chose Israel to represent him as a nation to draw people unto him through them. So that's how what God did for us. He chose us to represent him here on this earth. We didn't choose him. He chose us. So we should be giving God glory to say, God, you chose me even when I was not worth choosing. So when we know we're chosen by God and when we know that God chose us because he loved us and he looked beyond us and he saw what we were in the need of, that should encourage us to separate ourselves even the more from the world. Know that I am in the world, but I'm not of the world and I don't do what the world does. So when you're not separating yourself so quickly, it is because you've been in that thing so long that sometimes we think there's nothing wrong with it. Because people around you make you feel like what you're doing, there's nothing wrong with it. I have um, been on YouTube, and sometimes you can watch YouTube, and they have like the shows where they fix up the the rooms or fix up different things in their houses. And I was watching this one lady, and, you know, I think I mentioned to y'all how she was crying out to the Lord and, you know, saying how she was having idols and having things before God. And she had to get rid of Facebook, social media. She had to get rid of these things because she saw how they was drawing her in and how it, it was shameful. Long story short, and sometimes this is what I have learned. The world watch you. The world watch what you say. And they'll keep watching you to see if you're going to still do what you're saying. So... I was watching her channel, and as I was watching her channel, I said, wait a minute. Is this the same woman that got up there before and said these things? It was a switch. It began to change. See, sometimes we can say things because we get so emotional, because we feel like, yes, I heard God, and God is speaking to me, but at the end of the day, it's where your heart is. If you don't dig up that fallow ground, if you don't really dig it up, things will be put in place of that. And you're thinking you're doing what you need to do, but you're taking things and putting them in the place of what you let go of, and you're still looking worldly. So we have to be so careful that when we separate ourselves from other stuff, we have to replace that with the word of God. And when we replace it with the word of God, that's how we're going to live according to the word of God. We don't pick up nothing else to fill that space. We pick up what the word is saying and we continue to be in the word. Now, I'm not saying that you try to um, be so holy that you're no good. I'm not saying that. I'm saying we want to live our lives according to who we are now that we're in him. So as I was sitting before him today, I said, okay, God, where do I go now? And God began to um, show me some things. He, he began to talk about, okay, why do people think that they don't supposed to be separated from the world? And why are people entangling themselves with what the world is doing, Christian folks? Why do Christians think it's okay to be one way in the world and still say that they're serving God? For one, we have to understand that when we accept Jesus as our Lord and as our Savior, and this is what the Lord told me, he said, for one, the reason why that we should live separate lives is because we have a new life. Now that we're in Christ, 
God said, you have a new life now that you're in Christ. So when you begin to know the new life that you're in Christ, you don't want no part of that old life no more. It's just as simple as that. He said, when you recognize your new identity, y'all know that sometimes people will move out of a place because they say, you know, I'm going to leave this area. I'm going into another area. So when they leave that area and they move into another area, then they're getting used to that new place that they're in. They have to get used to the surroundings. They have to know where the stores are. They have to know about the schools. If they have the children, you know, there, they begin to fit into that new surrounding. And the more they get to know that new place, they're not concerned with the old place no more. The old place will pop up sometime. You know, we have memories of things that we used to do, we used to like, or, you know, things such as that. But, We're staying in that place that we're in now. That's not drawing us back to where we were, just like Abraham. Remember when God took Abraham out of the place that he was in, God gave Abraham a choice. He told Abraham that he would be the one to bless him. He told Abraham to leave what he was familiar with. And how many know that would be kind of hard when you've been in a place for so many years and God is saying, I need for you to move out of that place. And what God was telling him, I want you all to myself. So see, when we become acquainted with God, whatever God asked us, we trust him to the point that we know that God is not going to harm us, that God is going to give us everything that we need. When you put your whole life in his hands, that means, God, I'm giving you my heart. It's hurting me to leave my family. It's hurting me to leave all this behind. But God, I trust you more than I trust myself. And that's where God wants us to be. And when you find out who you really are in him and you find out that new life that's in him, in Christ, you're not worrying about what you left behind no more. Because you know that you have gained so much more. You know if anything go on, God got your back. And that's how he want us as Christians to learn about the new life that we have in him. And that's why we have a new identity. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, what do he say? You are a new creation. You have a new identity. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. God said, I want you to get to know the new. I want you to get to know the real you, and that real you is in me. Everything that you need is hidden in Christ. So everything that he has, we have, is hidden in him. Our life is in Christ. When we understand that we have died and our life is in Christ, then we will understand that all of that stuff is meaningless to me because the life I now have in Christ, when I need healing, it's mine. When I need deliverance, it's mine. When I need joy, it's mine. When I need peace, it's mine. I have everything I need in Christ. So what I want to do, I want to get to know that life in Christ. I don't want to be worrying about the the old life I used to have because that's not going to help me. I want to know this life so much that's in Christ that whatever pop up, I can pull out of that life and I can bring it to, you know, the soulish realm and my body is going to follow. So if you or me, if we're so worried about what's going on around us, we're forgetting our new life in Christ. And those are the things and and actually our worry can become an idol. When we spend more time worrying about how to fix something then we're not believing what he's already fixed. That's why he said, you have to cast your cares upon me 
Because when you cast your cares upon me, you recognize in what I have already done. But if you holding on to worry more than you holding on to me, that's an idol. You haven't really separated yourself. See, some things we have to understand really what separation is. You can separate from people, but if you still haven't uproot what you have taken from those people, you still haven't really separated yourself because that's a deposit that was left in your life. That's why we got to search ourselves and say, God, what have I not separated myself from for real? God, what am I holding on to that the enemy know I'm holding on to when he want to use it later? Show me me, God. Show me the things in my life that I really haven't gotten rid of that I'm holding on to secretly. Sometimes we hold on to things secretly and we smile all the time and everybody think everything's okay. But really we're going through on the inside. We're so toe up and the Holy Spirit will help us to mend those things if only we would say, I need help. I can't do this. And when we don't admit we need help, that's a form of pride. When we try to act like we got everything together and we're not even calling on the Holy Spirit to help us, we think we can pull this off or we can call this one or we can call that one and it'll be taken care of. But actually it's not taken care of because the root is still there. So the Lord began to tell me, he said, and this is what we're going to talk about tonight. It's dealing with why people think, especially Christian folks, that they are separated from the world when they're still doing what the world is doing. Why do people still think they are separated, Christian folks, from the world when they're doing what the world is doing? And this is a scripture that God gave me. Go with me to 1 Corinthians, the 5th chapter. 1 Corinthians, the 5th chapter. And we went over this before, but I want to bring it back again because this is where God um, was taking me today. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, and this is what he said. This is Paul speaking to the Corinthians. He said, it is reported commonly that there is fornication among you, and such fornication as is not so much as named among the Gentiles, that one should have his father's wife. So what Paul was talking about, these are Christians And he said he had gotten a report that the son was with the father's wife. He said even the Gentiles, now what he's talking about is unsaved believers don't even do that. Let me break that down, what Paul is saying. He said, you are Christians, and I'm hearing that you got a son that's sleeping with his own father's wife. He said, even the heathens, they don't do this. The Gentiles don't do this. So I stopped right there. I said, wait a minute, God. And he reminded me. He said, when someone is dating, they're not married yet, they're dating. They're having sexual relations. That male and that female, they're believing you're mine and I'm yours. So they don't look for another man to come up on that woman. Or that woman don't look for another woman to come up on her man because they're saying, We belong together. So that's what Paul was saying. He said, this don't even happen with sinners. Y'all get that? He said, so this is happening in the church. Now, do y'all know where God is taking me? He said, this is happening in the church. So check this out. If this is happening amongst believers and unbelievers, some don't even believe in doing that. How do you think that we look? See, that's why we have to take the time to really look at the scripture and really meditate on the scripture and allow God to give us a picture of what he's saying. 
He's talking to Christians here and he's telling them this is what's happening in the church and even Gentile believers don't do such things. So he's saying the people that don't believe don't do what this man is doing in the church and he's supposed to be saved. That's something to think about. Then he goes on to say, and you are puffed up and have not rather mourned that he that have done this deed might be taken away from among you. This is where the church come in. They knew what was going on amongst them as believers. Let's say we are up in here together, and I'm using this for an example. It's, it's, it's not true. Let's say Miss Deborah. She's, you know, doing what the scripture says was being done. Let's say Teresa knew it. She knew about what was going on with Miss Deborah. Okay, she knew what was going on with Miss Deborah, and she knew it wasn't right. Teresa told Renee. Renee told Erica. It began to get through the whole church. Then it got to me. So we sitting up here, still coming, fellowshipping together. Nobody's saying nothing. And knowing what's going on with Miss Deborah. And she's singing on the choir. She's serving. She's doing like she want to do. And by us acting puffed up, it's like, hey, party over here. It's okay. So see, by her doing it and it's not being taken care of in the body of Christ, by us not going to Sister Deborah, Teresa knew she should have went to her and say, hey, you know, what you're doing is not lining up with who you are. Let me tell you what the word of God has to say. That's all she got to do is tell her what the word of God has to say. By her not saying nothing, by me not saying nothing, then we're telling the world it's okay even in the church. So we're saying there is no separation. Now, I want y'all to understand this. Why do y'all think the government is so messed up? Because the churches don't take a stand. They know what's going on in the church, and they okay with it as long as people are paying their tithes. Long as the church, you know, the church is full, it's okay. They know what's going on, but they, we supposed to give them the word of God. And when we find out it's going on amongst us, we're supposed to pull those people aside. We're supposed to remind them of their identity now that they're in Christ and say, you're not in the world. You're in the world. But guess what? You don't do like the world does. So when we keep standing for what's right, in and everything ain't coming. They're not because they know what we believe. They're going to go to a place that believe in what was happening in Corinthians. In Corinth, this is what they're going to do. So this is why Paul was addressing this. See, things have to be addressed so people will know this is not the way we do things now that we're in Christ. I don't care how much love you have for that male or that female. The love of God that's in your heart that's shed abroad through the Holy Ghost will let you know that's a stop sign. We don't do this because we're lonely. We don't do this because everybody else is doing it. See, we have to show them that we are separate, that this is not what I do. Just because your best friend got a boo and you ain't got no boo yet, then don't be getting upset because they got a boo, a boo or poo or whatever you call them. We don't get upset. We just say, God, that's them. And if they supposed to be your best friend and they're serving Jesus and you who you say you are to them, you supposed to step up to them and say, hey, girl, let me chat with you for a minute. I just want to remind you of what the word says. I'm not putting you down. I'm going to build you up. 
Because you are who you who the Bible say you are. You are a new creation. That don't change. But by you going out and doing what you're doing, you're not making your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. This is your act of worship. You've done your part. If they don't want to accept this, it ain't on you. The blood is off of your hand. But I think our main problem is we care, some of us, more about how people feel about us than what the word of God has to say to us. The more you hang around a person that's doing these things, we become puffed up. Just like Paul is saying here. That mean puffed up mean we're bragging about it because nobody ain't saying nothing. Nobody ain't doing nothing about it according to the word of God. We just coming in and going, going in and out and saying it's normal. But when we have the love of God in us, we pull our brother and sister aside, and this is what we do. And Paul is describing what we have to do. Turn them over to Satan. Because if they don't want to change, that means we got to quit praying for them. We got to turn them completely over to Satan so they'll see themselves, so they won't die and go to hell. Because when you quit associating yourself, and Paul is breaking it down, let's look at verse 10. Well, let's look at verse 7. It says, Purge out therefore the old leaven, that you may have a new lump, as ye are unleavened. For even Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. Therefore let us keep the feast, not with old leaven, neither with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. I wrote unto you in an epistle not to company with fornicators. He's talking to the church. Yet not all together with the fornicators of this world or with covetous or extortioners or with idolaters. For then must she needs to go out of the world. So what Paul is saying is he recognized we may work on work with fornicators. We may be on our job with them. We ain't going to quit our job because they're fornicators. These are unbelievers. So we're working with them. But he said, but now I have written unto you not to keep company of any man that is called a brother. Be a fornicator or covetous or an idolater or a railer or a drunken or an extortioner with such as one know not to eat. So Paul is telling them, he said, if you have a believer dealing in these areas that I have called out, you're supposed to separate yourself from these believers. Because these believers here, now that they are in Christ... They don't supposed to be doing these kind of things, y'all. The Bible's plainly saying this. If you got a friend that's a believer and they telling you, oh, yeah, my man coming over tonight. You know, we're going to get our drink on and da, 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 da. And you laughing with them and you cutting up with them and doing all that. And they're believers. They're going to the same church you're going to. They're confessing Christ. But yet they're telling you these things. The Bible said, do not keep company with them. Because when you put yourself in the midst of them, you want what they're doing. It begins to rub off on you. That's why I go back to the Old Testament with how God told them when they go into these lands. He said, you tear down all this stuff. He said, I don't want you to be married to them. I don't, you know, he broke it down. Why? Because he said, you're going to end up serving their gods. So this is why the Bible tells us when we are born again. When you see a born-again believer that say they're born again, they're fornicating, they're into idolatry, all of these things that I called out, they're still into those things. Why are you still into them? Why are you still hanging with them? 
Why are you still keeping company with them? As long as you keep company with them, they're saying, I'm okay. And we got a lot of people that's saying, I'm okay. And they're hanging around Christian folks that's saying they're okay because they're still hanging around them. Paul said, you cannot keep company with them. So the reason why I'm bringing this out, because I want to talk about tonight, the question is, why do believers, I'm talking to believers, believe that they're separated, but they're still doing what the world does? Why do believers believe that they are separated, but they're still doing what the world is doing? Now, I'm going to have just a few of us to come up. We're going to talk about it for a few minutes. Y'all may have some pointers where you see in that why people think they can still be saved, believers, but still keep company with fornicators, keep company with people that are doing what they shouldn't be doing. Who want to go first? Come on, Renee. Now, this teaching is not to knock nobody down. This teaching is to bring truth to these areas that's happening amongst believers that believers are thinking, I'm okay and still doing what the world is doing. Renee. Turn on your mic, Nay. I come to church on Sundays and Bible study on Tuesday. And what you see on Sunday, it, it really is me. But we allow other people to kind of um, turn. Even if you don't turn all the way, you turn. Um, I can use myself for an example. I had a party at my house the weekend. Party, get together, whatever. Everybody know me, everybody know my lifestyle, everybody know my household. But everybody, I had it for my daughter because she graduated. I didn't call it a party, I call it a celebration. But everybody in my house is not safe. I'm the only one. That's safe, sanctified, and filled. But everybody that come to my household, they know me. But we have to still know that, like Pastor say, we have to separate ourselves. We have to um, begin to live that new life. That's one of the things that I think that we do as believers is we still... Um, interact with unbelievers, um, churchgoers, because that's what they do. You know, everybody that was to my house, they go to church, but I'm the only one that actually lived the lifestyle that I'm living for Christ. And my whole entire family, friends, everybody that I associate around in my family, there's no one like me but me. Okay, the question is, though, Renee, how did they take you? Is That's the question. Get to that part. How, how did they, they take, take me? Um, you have some that tries to turn you. Uh, oh, come on, you should just do this this one time, you know, it's a celebration. 
And then you have some that can respect who you are in your household. But um, like Pastor say, we do have to separate because that's a part of our past. And um, that's what we are used to doing. But that's not who we are anymore. Like Pastor was saying last week, it's okay to have a party, but we're supposed to have a party with believers, you know, with God in the midst. Even though it wasn't no drinking at my house, it wasn't no music at my house, but my house was full of. But see, the difference is, if they know her, and she's doing that to congratulate her daughter, when they come into her house, her lifestyle is going to draw them to her new life. But if she's in that house representing something outside of who she is, they're thinking it's okay to do what they want to do in her house. But I don't believe they disrespected your house. That's what I'm getting to. See, we have to let people know this is who I am. And I don't think she in invited people in there just to say, hey, ho, we party over here. She was celebrating her daughter because she had a she graduated and we know they don't have the graduation. So she just bought a few people that knew her to eat and celebrate her daughter. But we have to be careful, just like she said, because some people are try you when you having that. They will try you and try to do things to see. Let's see if she's still who she says she is. But if she's putting her foot down and she's representing who she is in Christ, guess what it's going to do? It's going to draw them or it's going to drive them. They're going to know, oh, no, you don't go in her house and do that. You know, we ate, we went home, but it wasn't no mess going on now. I'm going to tell you, you ain't pulling that over there in her house. That is a difference because I believe some of us have children that have not accepted Christ yet, but they respect your home. They don't come up in your home and cuss. They don't come up in your home and do all kind of stuff because they know, no, I can't go in mom and daddy home and do that. And I'm not going to disrespect them. And you ain't going to come up in here and disrespect them. This is what I'm talking about. But another thing is when we truly live a separated life, we as Christians, just like I read here, they were Christians, but this guy was still fornicating and was amongst them. And they saying it's okay. We see this every day, y'all. We see Christians that say, I'm saved, but they're doing everything outside of the new life that they're supposed to have in Christ. So I'm asking y'all, what do you consider to be truly separation in Christ? Maybe that's where people are missing it. And the main thing is, if you're not taught right, you're going to do what you feel is right when it ain't right. So to me, sometimes it's based on the ones that say they know him and really don't know him. But you know what I learned? God will put a person amongst the ones that don't know them to say, hey, let me talk to you for a minute. That they ain't right. And you tell them why it ain't right. But you know what's happening to some Christians today? They are amongst them and won't say nothing. They won't say nothing. They know it's wrong. But they won't tell the person is wrong because they rather have a friend or keep a family member and disrespect God. And y'all, that's what we do. When we join in with the crowd, when somebody invites you somewhere and you thinking it's up and up because they saying they know Jesus. And then when you get there, you see an all kind of foolishness. Do you leave or do you stay? 
That's how you know you really separated. I'm not going to sit there. And people got angry with me because I'm the type of person, I'm not disrespecting the God in me. If you, this is your house, and if you invited me and things didn't looking right, and you know they ain't right, and I'm telling you I don't do that, and you still doing it, I'm going to be like Miss America, waving myself right out the crowd. You know why? Because you know who's going to look bad? They ain't going to look at them. They're going to say, I told you they ain't who they say they were. You will never gain respect from other people because they're going to use that lie. They're going to use that against you. And people ain't going to want to hear you because they're going to say they were right there with us. Have y'all really thought about that? Anyone else have something to add to that? Oh, come on. They, I'm just, they're just catching up online, huh? Okay, go ahead. Sir? Turn your arm. Um, Hello? Turn your arm down. That got to be Sister Nee. That's Sister Nee. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right, go ahead. Now? Yeah. Um, I remember um, when I first got saved, and I used to be a type of person. I, I had to have a lot of people at my house. Everybody wanted to flock at Denise and Willie House. Every Friday, Saturday, Sunday evening after church, that's what we did. We flopped together at my house. And now when I came to Miracle Temple and I started getting delivered from some things, I looked back over and I said, well, that won't right. This won't right. But the hardest thing I had to do, I had a friend. We were so, 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 so close. I mean, we were so close. Whatever she drink, I drink out of. I, we eat out of each other's food. That's just how close we were. When I heard it, she heard it. When she heard it, I heard it. But the hardest thing I had to do, I knew in my life that I had to release her to get strong enough and to get me right before I could go back and be with her to help her. I had to help myself. But they did not understand why I released them because she asked me, did I think I was better than her now? And I explained to her, it's not that. I got to get myself together. But she kept saying, we've been going to church together for a while and it won't like this. You know, you saved, I'm saved. But she never understood why I had to separate myself. But that was the hardest thing I had to do because if I hadn't, I'd have still been doing the things that God had already showed me that was wrong. But I just won't bold enough to stand up and we supposed to be saved. I won't bold enough to just stand up and say, no, we can't do this and we can't do that. That's why when I came to Miracle Temple, I was a carnal Christian for the simple reason. I had one foot in and one foot out. But then I know now you can't be uh, lukewarm, you either got to be cold or hot. And I think why a lot of us, because sometimes I have to check myself when I'm around people at work or whatever, when I see myself acting, kind of acting like them, I have to back up. Because how can I be a light unto them and how can I tell them about Jesus if I'm acting the way they're acting? So it's hard sometimes if you really, truly love God, I'm learning this. If you really, truly love God and you standing for what's right and 
one thing about it, you got to just be for God. Don't worry about the people. And I have a problem with that, with worrying about people. But I think while a lot of Christians, with that question that Apostle answered, and I'm talking about me, myself, I think that they're just, I just don't, I didn't know how much God loved me. I'm going to speak for me. And I know the only way that God wants all his people to be saved is he got to raise up the ones that will die for him, that will go out and preach his word no matter what happens, no matter what is being done. You got to stand on that front line and you got to just preach and preach and preach the word of God. And you don't move. You got to stand tall for what is right. And sometimes you feel like it gets hard, especially with family and close friends. But in my, with my mom and her household, I had to come in and make a difference because if I didn't make a difference, people didn't even understand why I wouldn't go see my mom sometime. I wouldn't go see my mom until God told me to go see my mom. And that was a reason why, because things that she was having going on in her house, I couldn't go to it. They just, you know, the Holy Spirit wouldn't let me go. And I would say, baby, we can't go to that. I mean, my aunt, I couldn't go to her party because God didn't release me to go to her retirement party. Then when I went to um, my cousin's uh, wedding, oh, my God, I sat to the table, you know, with my family and stuff. And they was drinking wine and this, that, and the other. And I said, I got to go. I told Willie, I said, I got to go. And I said, Ma, are you coming back with old, my aunt near, old living's near, or are you coming back with me? And uh, my aunt said, what's wrong? I said, I can't, I can't stand it. They go, the pastor that just murdered them over there drinking wine. And uh, she said, Denise, she said, boo, don't be so... What, what, don't be so, so you don't be no earthly good or something she was saying. And I said, well, you know, I feel that my body is for God. This is his temple. He lives on the inside of me. And I shouldn't be putting things in my body that's going to hurt him, that's going to, uh, you know, contaminate the word that's inside of me. Because if I'm putting, letting everything come in, my ear gate, eye gate, and all this, I said, Vicky. I'm not living for God. And she said, you, you, you just, you, you, you just too holy. So I said, well, I just be too holy. See, but I made a stand with my family and they know how I am now. They really truly know I am. That's making a stand because me and Willie and my mama left. My mama wasn't ready to go, but she left because that is what we were standing for. I mean, when I first come to Miracle Temple, I was on fire for God. All I wanted was God. But we get comfortable in in our Christian walk with God. We get so comfortable that we forget sometimes what we're here for. We're not here for ourselves. We're here to teach the Word of God, to let people know that God is alive and not dead. Let people know that His Word is alive and and the goodness of Him. We got here to let people know the goodness of God. So that's why sometimes we get caught off guard. But I know if I stay in the Word and keep speaking the Word and keep speaking for what's right, I'm not going to fall off. But when I'm not in the Word like I should sometimes, I see myself acting like the world and I have to say, oh God, please forgive me. And I even go back to the person and say, I'm sorry, that's not like me. I shouldn't have been doing that. That was wrong. That's not of God. So 
especially where I'm working at now on night shift, I do that. I mean, anytime God unctions me to speak the word to somebody, especially the young girls out here, they come and talk to me. But like I tell them, it's not me, it's God. I'm not taking God's glory. But we as Christians, we got to stand for God and forget who's your mama, who's your daddy, who's your friend, this, that, and the other. We got to learn to speak the word in love and speak the truth of God. Amen. And that's all I had to say. Amen. And I want to I wanna say Bye-bye. this on um, Sister Denise's behalf. Um, you know, with the type of work that she doing, especially on night shift, it's a lot of things that happen. It's a lot of things that go on. And by her being who she is, um, when something is going on out there, let me tell you, people know your life that you live because they're going to go run and get the one that can really pray. See, people watch you and they know that that one right there, we're going to go get her. So something had happened recently where someone died, actually. They couldn't get the heartbeat. She was in the office. Y'all know Sister Niece is funny. She's funny. She want to be. She said, Apostle. They come get me. I said, the girl said, come on, come on, go with us, go with us. She said, go well, because <laughs> she didn't want to go out there. But she said the Lord told her to go. When she got out there, the man was not breathing. And they said, pray, you pray, you pray, you pray. So she began to pray, and she was speaking in tongues and speaking the word, and the man come back. Those people knew who to go get. See, if you are separated and you're not in cahoots with them, and you're not doing what they do, they may act like they don't know your God, but let one fall out. They're going to come get the first one that they didn't want to hear from. That's why our lives have to be so separated that they know whom we serve. People may not come in your face every day and say, I know you love Jesus, but they're watching you. So that's why we have to make sure that Our lives are so set apart. And when we do fall, we make it known. Forgive me. I messed up. I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have did that. I should not even have went. And that's when people know that you are of God. And they'll begin to talk about his goodness through you. Now, I know that one. That one has really, you might as well only go to their house. That one has really changed. When family don't want to stay in your house, you know there's a change. When nobody want to drop by and say hello, you know there's a change. When you walk up and people say, here she come, there is a change. Don't get upset. Just give God glory because they know change has come. So we're going to keep going over this, y'all. And we're going over this. Don't think I'm going over this to make somebody feel bad. No, ma'am, I'm not doing that. I'm going over this because we need to let uh, illumination come in and let people understand it's not the way you think it is. It's the way the word of God says it is. So we're going to pull scriptures and the scriptures is nothing but truth. We're going to pull them. We're going to use examples because there's a lot of people out there talking about Jesus. Got prayer lines, but party lines as well. This is not right, y'all. We can't do what people are doing. If you are on Facebook and you living righteously for the Lord, keep going on Facebook. Keep encouraging people. But if you know Facebook is drawing you to what everybody else is doing, we have to shut down that stuff. We can't be a part of it. Because some people say, I miss you on Facebook. I'm sure you did. 
We have to let them know I was being too involved with social media. I had to pull back. Come on, tell them the truth. I was in love with that. I wanted people to know how I looked and how I felt that day. People are telling too much. People are telling what's going on with them. Can I tell y'all something? Some people really don't care. They don't. You're just giving them all your stuff. And they don't care. But some people feel like I'm rejected and I need somebody to talk to. So we're going to keep talking about this. And please feel free. When I ask you these questions, I know everybody in this room have something that they can encourage somebody with to say, this is how I thought separation was. But when I went into the word of God, it's not like I thought it was. We have to learn to say, I cannot be a part of that. Is this what, and if you know you got a person in your family that love the party all the time, but saying they love Jesus, what you have to do is, hey, what y'all doing down there if I come? What you got going on? See, if they cannot respect the God in you, evidently they ain't respecting the God that's in them either. Because the God that's in them would not allow them to disrespect the ones. I will not disrespect my aunts, my uncles, older people. No, ma'am. If I'm going to have something, I'm going to do it unto the Lord where they can enjoy themselves. I'm not going to have worldly music blasting in front of people that say that they know Jesus. I'm not doing that. That's disrespectful. People that respect the God that's in you, they will wait till you leave and turn out or turn out, whatever you want to call it, because they respect the God that's in you. But we have no right staying there while they on the dance floor dancing and doing every kind of crazy stuff and sitting there smiling. We just as guilty. They're saying that you watching, you were sitting there, why didn't you leave? This is what we're going to be talking about. So I give God glory for the teaching. I don't know about you, but it's helping me to understand really where I am and where people see me to be. And I'm not worrying about them. I'm out to please him. Amen. Do we have any announcements before we close? Okay. I will ask. Um, Brother Willie back there, Deacon Willie, to close us out.